It's Robin Marshall, Sugar Mom. I know I've been absent for a while. I have changed my entire life. I wonder if you've ever been able to say that before. Your entire life. It's been about a month, I think, since I've talked to you last. My plan was I was going to move to Florida. I went there for a month with my dogs, which I believe I told you, and stayed 70 miles away from my target area that I was looking at. Why? Because it looked close on the map, and they allowed pets, and they told me it was fenced in. So, 70 miles to get to where I had to go, where my girlfriend lives, and I could stay with her if I needed to, to get up early to look at houses, and then she'd come back and stay with me because I was on the beach. And the dogs would continuously break through. We would build barriers because one side of the house wasn't fenced. They are escape artists. Regardless, I found a house. After I found the house, I went back up to the beach house and wondered, should I stay for the rest of the month or should I go back and try and get things together with moving because I wasn't at that stage yet. You know that in-between stage where you want to go, but you don't really know when you're going to be able to go and you want to pack your stuff, but you don't want to pack your stuff because what if where you're going doesn't work out, then you just have to unpack everything and start over again. You know, well, it was one week and I decided, I think I found the house I like. I'm going to go out tonight. Let me go on one of these dating sites that follows me, tracks me via my phone, and maybe I could just meet somebody for a drink. Casual. Just to have some company. Because I'm not going to live near this area, so why would I get involved with anybody in this area? It's the one time I went out and I wasn't hoping to meet somebody. <laughs> we always secretly have that dream that we're going to bump into a stranger. It changes our lives. Well, it wasn't in my plans that night. I sat at the bar and I waited for him. And he walked behind me, but I could feel something. And I don't mean with his hands or him brushing against me. I felt like the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. Did you ever feel something like that? It's, it's electrifying. And he sat down at the corner adjacent to me. And he says, uh, no way, are you sick? And that's where it all started. He just, because he read my profile and I had mentioned that I was going through chemo, but I'm fine. I don't look sick. And that was the start of this relationship. It's crazy. Well, we only hung out for a couple of hours, but that was fine for me because I just really needed companionship for a short while, and then I went back home, took the dogs to the beach. The next day, I never heard from him. Do you know I had the gall to go on the same site again and meet somebody else? I mean, sometimes I worry about myself when it comes to stuff like that. And what worries me even more is I wouldn't recognize that man today if you planted him right in front of me with his lips puckered to give me a kiss. I don't even remember his name. But I went out, had dinner, conversation, 
That's all I remember. Went home. Next day, this guy calls me. And he says, uh, I was wondering if, if you were busy, if you wanted to grab a bite. <laughs> I said, sure. And I'm thinking to myself, why didn't you call me yesterday, asshole? <laughs> God forbid I give somebody a, a minute to breathe. <sighs> so I met him. And we went out, we had dinner and nice conversation. And he made me laugh. It was really a lot of fun. The next day, he calls me again. And now I'm start, I'm getting that feeling that I had when he walked behind me at the bar. Like, I know something's going on here. I just can't figure out why, because he lives all the way up there. I'm going to be living all the way down there. So this can't possibly blossom into anything. And yet, I invited him to my bungalow where I was staying. And <laughs> one thing led to another, and we wound up enjoying each other immensely. First time for me in a long time, I have to say. And for him, too, unless he was not telling you the truth. But I believed him. And it was a lot of fun. And we laughed and <laughs> compared notes on life. But I had gone from being all by myself in Dallas, Texas. I really had no more than two friends in the whole city. I work from home. People don't go out and cultivate friendships unless you're part of a group. And I just didn't want to be a part of a group because every time I would join a group, I'd be getting hit on by people that I had no desire for. So I took the easy way out and I would always be home. Or I would go out by myself, sit down and have a drink, talk to the bartender, whoever sat next to me, you know, hello, how was your day? But now I'm in a city that's nowhere. I, I'm in Jensen Beach, Florida, which is all the way up near Port St. Lucie on the water. And it's just me and my dogs and this guy and my girlfriend who lived down where I was buying a house. But immediately my life changed because I have him and I wasn't sure where that was going. I have my girlfriend. I had my dogs that were very happy in both places. In fact, they owned every neighborhood we went to, breaking out of fences, Bonnie and Clyde. But it was just, it was so nice to be able to go to sleep and know when I woke up there would be somebody there for me. Or I could go see somebody that I cared about. Between the two of them, I now felt like I had family around me. It's weird when you seclude yourself unknowingly in your own home. Or even when you're in a crowd of a hundred people or so, sometimes it doesn't matter. You still feel like you're all alone. Well, I don't feel that way anymore. I feel like... I'm one of two now, and it's a really good feeling. I haven't felt this way about a man since that horrible breakup that I had with the man that was married and I was the other woman. You'll have to go back and listen to that podcast, The Other Woman, which is not a fun place to be. Let me just digress a minute. We're on date number three. And we're driving in his car 
And he says to me as he's running his hand through his hair, yes, he's got hair. By the way, he has to blow dry his crew cut. (laughs) I just, he always is worried about his hair. It's not even a half an inch long. (laughs) Well, he says, well, you know, parts of it stick up here and stick up there. I said, nobody but you would notice this. We're in his car and he turns to me and he puts his hand on my arm and he says to me, you know, I really, really like you. And I've got to tell you something. And I'm like, oh, here we go. I said, what? What could be so important that you would take your eyes off the road, turn to me as we're going around a a roundabout and say this to me? He says, I'm married. Well, I almost fell out of the fucking car. I just looked at him and he says, but you don't understand. I've been separated for over a year from her. And I'm thinking, seen that movie, been there, done that. He says, and I have no intent on going back with her. He says, I really have feelings for you, which is why I'm telling you this now. I said, so why wouldn't you have put yourself as as married on the dating site? He says, because nobody would go out with me. And I said, duh, you know, and then I thought, well, he's right. I did the same thing, but I wrote separated, living in different states. That gives a guy more of an opportunity, and at least it gives him the truth. So he says to me, listen, we can go out, we can enjoy ourselves tonight, he says, and we can part as friends. He says, or maybe you'll believe in me enough, and we'll follow through on this. He says, I'm in the process of divorce. I looked at him. I looked into his eyes. I searched my own soul because I've been so stupid in that way in the past. But I saw that he really meant it. He wasn't just somebody that was looking to get laid. He wasn't going to run away. One of my fears is that somebody leaves me when I get close to them. Do you feel that way? That somebody might pull that proverbial rug out from underneath you. But he just didn't seem the type. So I said, where are you in the procedures? He says, my attorney is talking to her attorney. They're going through the financials because in Florida, it's a 50-50 thing when a husband and wife divorce. Well, I caved. And ever since then, I stayed for another 10 days We were together every single night. During the day, I'd be with my girlfriend, and at night, I'd be with him. And I felt myself slipping, slipping into something very comfortable. And it had been such a long time. I never thought I would be able to feel like that again. I still doubt myself. It's like when you say you pinch yourself to make sure something's really real. After I left, I went back to my house in Dallas, and wow, it was like a vacuum. The house just sucked me in, and I was right back where I was, and I was miserable. And he and I would talk on the phone, and I would tell him that I went out, or I was going to go grab something to eat, and he would get, like, insanely jealous. And in the same breath, he would say, I don't know what's wrong with me. I am not the jealous type. I really don't do this, Robin. I said, well, what the hell do you call it? Because you're driving me crazy. 
This went on and on for about a month. And finally, he says, that's it. I'm getting on a plane and I'm coming to help you pack. Because he was retired. I forgot to tell you that. So he could come and go as he pleased. Again, this is one of those moments where I did not believe he was going to show up until I saw him get out of the Uber in my driveway. I couldn't believe my eyes. Like he really showed up. Comes up to me and he gives me the biggest hug. Any arguments that we had had flew right out the window. He came in and just, have you ever met somebody that just knows how to hug you, to let you know how much you mean to them? That kind of a hug. I haven't had that kind of a hug in so long. I mean, one that I wanted to reciprocate to. It's hard when somebody really, really cares for you and you don't really care for them in the same way. But I did. I allowed myself to open up. And he stayed with me for about 10 days. And then he left because he had medical things he had to take care of. And I just continued packing day and night. Over and over the same thing, taping the boxes, protecting the pictures, bubble wrap was coming out of my ears. He had mentioned that he was going to come back again at the following month, and then something happened where his divorce was creeping up quicker. The attorney was saying, don't go anywhere. I need you here for depositions, or I need you here for mediation. I was so forlorn because... It felt like we were two ships passing in the night, and yet every once in a while we'd stop at the same port, but then we'd leave again. And it was too hard for me. I know myself. I would be happy living with somebody that lived next door to me. I just like to be able to touch somebody or have them touch me or sit down and have a cup of coffee or a drink and compare what went on in the day. He sensed it. And he came back. And not only did he come back, he said to me, we're not going to ship your car. You're just going to have the movers take all your stuff. And you, me, and the two dogs are going to drive in your car, because he bought a one-way ticket, down to West Palm. I said to myself, shit, I hate car rides. (laughs) And as I said the word car ride, I pictured both my dog's ears perking up because they're the only two I know that like car rides. Oh, so I got stuck because he was so nice to come see me and offer to do this. How do I say no? And it would have saved me a good thousand dollars. No rental car, no paying for the dogs to sit and terrorize the other people on the plane. I wouldn't have to buy a ticket. So we did it. We did the road trip, (laughs) and the most ingenious thing I've ever done was one of my kids had this big body pillow that's in the shape of an animal, a hippo, and I said, I'm going to take this hippo, and I'm going to sit on this hippo. (laughs) The legs went under my bottom, and the arms stuck out on the sides right near my shoulders, And I could lean back on his neck. (laughs) And it was the most comfortable ride I've ever had. In fact, I considered doing that all the time. It's just that people would look at me like I was crazy, although they already do. So what the hell's the difference? 
<laughs> My happy the hippo saved the day or the days as we traveled from Dallas to West Palm Beach. Can I just say Route 10 is no road I ever want to travel on again. It is the longest freaking highway I've ever seen. And there is nothing to look at. Ugh. Now, the movers showed up. I stayed with my girlfriend until the movers got here. Everything was great, except from Lucy, of course, who would escape her yard, too. And the movers showed up, called me, asked for the code to get in. I gave him the code, and he says, it's not working. I said, well, I'll drive up to see if I can help you. And my boyfriend said, no, 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 I'll go take care of it. Then the guy calls me after he leaves, and he says, People are taking pictures of the truck. They're saying that I knocked something over. He says, I didn't knock anything over. I said, don't worry about it. Just come. I'm, I'm anxious now. I want my stuff. I guess it was about 45 minutes and he still hasn't made it from the gate. My boyfriend comes walking in the house barefoot. I said, what are you doing? He says, how the fuck did you not come and get me? Did you not worry that something was going on? Do you not know how long I've been gone? And I'm looking at him like, no, actually, I don't know how long. I don't keep track of time well. He says, that fucking guy knocked over the call box and the gate locked. He says, I couldn't get my car back through there was one other man that was standing there, and we neither one of us could get back into the community. He climbed over the fence, and he said, and I slid under. Oh, and he walked all the way back to my house without shoes on because he didn't have them when he got in the car. Oh, God. As it turns out, the moving company did knock that thing over. They had to file an accident report, a police report. It took another hour before they were done filling all those papers out because they were presented by the HOA. And you know how the HOA can be. He finally shows up. My boyfriend calms down because he understands that I'm talking to the mover and the mover never told me that he was there or that he was climbing or sliding under a fence. All my stuff is delivered. Couple things broken. I know that I could file claims. And when all is said and done, and they left, a couple days went by, and we emptied all the boxes, and I said, where are my shoes and my boots? I had two extra large boxes that held both shoes and boots marked as such. We went through everything. What are the odds out of 45 boxes that those are the two boxes that are missing. Designer shoes, things that I've broken in that I'm finally comfortable in. I called the moving company. They said to me, well, you're going to have to file a claim. You have up to nine months. Nine months? I need my shoes now. Can you please check and see if you could find them for me? Maybe they were on the delivery ahead or the delivery after. Maybe they're in your warehouse. It took me a week of badgering these people, and everybody kept saying the same thing. No luck. No zapatos for you. I said, all right, 
what's the insurance on this? Because I knew I had insurance. Well, you didn't get the special insurance. I said, what's the special insurance? She says, the thing that you signed off on and said you didn't want. That just pissed me off. I said, so if that box was filled with leather designer shoes, what do I get in return? How are you going to know what was in that box? We pay 60 cents per pound. What? I mean, if the box weighed 40 pounds, that's $24. That could buy the heel of one of my shoes. So here I sit in this dilemma as to what to do. I've called. They've given me finality. The shoes are gone. The boots are gone. And so I went on Facebook with this story and my friends all say, call the Better Business Bureau. There are other companies you can call that are like licensing for movers. And I believe I've been waiting and waiting until I finally heard them say they're gone to take that next step. I'm not looking to sue anyone. I just want my shit. Have you gone through this before? It's not my first rodeo. The last move I made, they lost pictures that were like eight feet tall and I didn't even notice it because it's hectic. And as they're bringing things in, you're not going through every box and you're not counting every picture. It's tumultuous. And then when you realize you feel like such a fool and I was never able to get those pictures either. So it's sort of a defeating feeling. In the middle of all of this nonsense, I'm doing chemo at a new hospital, and I'm fine. In fact, they stopped the carboplatin, which is the hardest chemo of all, which is what I was doing while I was in the middle of the move. I don't need it. My numbers dropped. I'm in remission. But they want to keep me on the lesser strong chemo as a preventative. So I'm not like a normal person that has cancer and says, oh, let me just sit back. Let me just let the drug do what it does. I say, let me move. Let me fall in love. Let me go see my girlfriend. Let me travel with my dogs. Let me go cross country and unpack and fill up a brand new house. That's me. But I don't picture how I could be any other way. How are you? Do you sit back and let life happen? Or do you do what I do? Or are you just somewhere in between? Because I don't know too many people like me, truthfully. And I'm not really sure I recommend that you be like me, but I do believe in trying new things. It's nothing new. I've said it to you before. Try one new thing a day. It's like uh, finding a new word in the dictionary and using it as many times as you can in a day just to increase your vocabulary. <laughs> but as a result of all of that tumult, I refenced the fence in the backyard so the dogs can't get out. I can let them out and feel 100% comfortable for the first time since I've had them because there were holes in my fence in Dallas. I have my girlfriend who I get to see a few times a week. She and I basically grew up together in our 20s. And I have a man that I fell in love with. And he is at the tail end of this divorce, which is making him crazy. But he reels himself back in. I don't have to reel him in. He realizes what's going on. His wife is aware for a minute there, a hot minute. She tried to pull him back and say, come back home. 
And he said, there's no way. And he is the most complimentary, the most humble, and probably one of the nicest people I've ever met. I really believe that people meet other people at the wrong times at times. And then all of a sudden, even with their good and bad traits that didn't mix well with the person they were with before, it might be the opposite for the next person. So where he may have been awful with her as a combination of the two, he is wonderful with me. He says he's never, ever felt like this before about a woman. Never. And he says it with such sincerity. He has nothing to gain from me. Nothing. And it's just such a pleasure to be able to reciprocate and let myself out of that locked chasm that I felt like I was in. I guess the moral of this story, not much humor, but don't let yourself get locked in. Just don't. You're an adult. If you're not happy, as I've said before, talk to your spouse, your partner, try and fix things because it's not too late. You really can fix things if both of you want to. If one of you doesn't want to and is nonchalant about it, then it's time to start talking about separation at least. Let yourself have that moment. You might be 50, you might be 60, you might be 70. It doesn't matter how old you are, you still have life left to live. Go for it. Just do it. Try. Make it work. If it can't work, You need to let go. Don't be afraid of what's on the other side of the fence. Somehow, we always wind up okay. And I'm here. I won't disappear on you again, I promise. And the next one will probably be a lot lighter than this one. But it's just been such a long time since I've talked with you. I just wanted to tell you what was going on. I'm feeling great. I lost some weight. I don't know how, probably because of moving boxes and running and all that kind of stuff. But I look good. My children, I'll save it for another day. I love them like you love yours. I worry, but I think things will turn around for all of them. I think they're just going to be fine. And they're already planning on coming to see me. And my boyfriend couldn't be more excited. I kid you not, he is just walking in circles waiting for them to show up. (laughs) Anyway, I will talk with you next week. And if for some reason I'm not there, don't worry. I'm here. I'm just probably in the middle of another Calamity Jane kind of moment. That seems to be my whole life. (laughs) Always in the middle of something. If you haven't subscribed to this podcast, now would be a good time. Because like I said, my life has changed. I'm doing new things. I'm going to introduce all kinds of things to you. Maybe sexual, maybe sensual, maybe happy-go-lucky things. Oh, I might tell you about my dogs. Who the hell knows? I talk. I don't even finish a sentence half the time. And when I come back to finish, I don't even know what I said. But I'll be here. And thank you for listening. This is Robin Marshall with Sugar Mom. Click that little subscribe button and you'll catch me anytime that I post something. You don't have to go looking for me. I'll find you. Also, check out my website, sugarmom.net. You can read my blogs. You can listen to other podcasts, although I've not updated it yet. But there's still lots there. There are videos of me and my girls that'll make you laugh 
It's fun. A lot of fun. If ever you'd like to get in touch with me and you'd like to be on Sugar Mom, I would love to have you. I always look for other perspectives on life, marriage, being single, dating sites, anything, anything that's compelling. Write me at robinmarshallsugarmom at gmail.com or just put a little note on the podcast with your email address and I'll get back to you. I'm a stone's throw away. You can reach me and I always respond. Have a wonderful week and I'm spending this week making sure Alligator One doesn't come near my backyard that's fenced in but has a preserve behind it. I hate alligators. Ever since Peter Pan, I've been afraid of crocodiles and alligators look just like crocodiles. So who knew that I was moving into this place where you could see them walk across the freaking street? I could picture one of my dogs being a snack. Oh, way to end a podcast, Robin. I'll talk with you again. Much love. Robin.